Hi, and welcome to the Travel Boom Book Club. We have a very exciting roundtable today with two experts that'll be sure to knock your socks off. It's a little book club, and you're invited. Book club. I don't know. I think I need to do that again. Welcome to episode <laughs> 220. Yeah. Welcome to episode 220 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Pete DeMeo, and this will not be a boring book club. This is going to be a soaring book club, not just because of the book we're covering, but also because of our all-star guest lineup. So first of all, we have the one, one of the real women of Vacation Rentals, co-host of the Alex and Annie Podcast and Chief Marketing Officer at Condo World. Welcome to Alex Huesner. Thank you so much, Pete. This is just a dream to be on with both you and, and the next guest you're going to introduce. I don't want to ruin the, the surprise, but thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, welcome back. And we also have returning is the best host the show has ever had and the chief marketing officer at Myrtle Beach Area Chamber of Commerce. It's Stuart Butler. Hello. <laughs> yes, I was hoping we'd get the hello. I don't know about the best. I think you're doing a stellar job, Pete. Well, I don't, I don't have the English, hello. Hello. It's so very hard Miss, to master. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire will be very proud. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, so, so we had a pretty interesting podcast today. It's going to be a unique one. So what we wanted to do was say, hey, there's a lot of great marketing books out there in the world, and we haven't done a really good job of letting our listeners know what they need to be reading, and more importantly, exactly what they need to be thinking about the things they read. We have to program them. What do you think, Stuart and Alex? Yeah, it's all it's all about programming people to think the way we think, right? That's how we <laughs> dominate the world. World domination. Exactly. So so we, we, we picked a book, we, we read it, and we're going to go through a little summary of it and talk about it. And you're welcome to, to join in and listen to us on the first book club. And if we Can like I this, say we, something like, I, and I just realized this as you're saying this, like I've, I've listened to the book, digested the contents. I, I don't even know what the book's called. I, I completely didn't pay attention. Like you sent it out, I searched for it, found it, downloaded it. But I, I couldn't, if you, t if you asked me right now, what was the book called? I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Uh, Isn't that bad? Uh, well, I, I can answer, answer that question. Oh. I can answer that question for everybody. Okay. People pay book, Hey, what was, the, what was the book called? <laughs> Stuart, I'm glad you asked me that because today we're going to be talking about Donald Miller's number one bestseller, Building a Story Brand. That's it. I, th yes. I, I got confused on it too, Stuart, because I, I went into, I listened on two different audio platforms and trying to find it in there. I, I was using the words in different orders, I think. Like I, I was getting confused with Story Braid, which he talks about, and the brand and the building. So I'm right there with you. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> see, see, I was listening to Dennis Miller's book, Rants, to okay. start with, and then I realized it's actually Donald Miller, and I listened to the oh. book three times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had to real quick Google a book that Dennis Miller had written. So. That's Nor normally when I go to book clubs, uh, guys, they're normally more like wine clubs. You know, this is that's kind of what women do when we have a book club. It's more like a wine club. But we're, we're not even drinking wine today, and we're not even sure what the name of the book is. So this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> we're nothing if not prepared. <laughs> it, it is three, almost three thirty. So on a Friday, that yeah, we're I, this. we should have prepared some wine. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. yeah so my, my bar is uh, eight feet that way, so oh, I could yeah. almost make it there to a bottle of scotch if we guys want. <laughs> so, I don't know how to send it to you though. Yeah. 
Well, cool. So, hey, before we get into the big stuff, Alex, why don't you, do you mind telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how people can find out a little bit more about you before you jump in? Yeah, sure. So, um, as, as Pete said, I'm the Chief Marketing Officer for Condo World, which is a vacation rental business located in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, so just up the road from Pete and Stewart here in our home home area, the Myrtle Beach Grand Strand. And uh, we've been here for as long as I've been alive, literally opened um, 1985 and have seen the destination grow and we've moved into other destinations in that time and have our OTA, condo-world.com as well. So it's been quite a journey. And in the last uh, nine months, I started a podcast with my podcast partner, Annie Holcomb. And we are together, Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. And you can go to alexandannypodcast.com to check that out or to see more about Condo World, condoworld.com. <laughs> nice. And, and hey, everyone who's listening, if you're listening to this the day the podcast comes out, which will be on Tuesday the 28th, tomorrow I'm going to be on the Alex and Annie show as well talking yeah. about hurricane and disaster preparedness for people in the hospitality industry. See, I mean, that's the best part about getting to talk to people like you guys because we talk about a variety of topics right books hurricanes marketing <laughs> everything what can't we tackle <laughs> oh we'll, we'll find some stuff we'll, we'll just, we'll just <laughs> keep pushing forward we'll fall flat at some point <laughs> so. now, now Stuart you've been pretty busy as well as uh, heading up everything at the Myrtle Beach Area Chamber of Commerce what's going on yeah, man. So it, I just hit my anniversary. I've been a recovering fueligan for over 12 months now, and um, it's it's been a whirlwind. We're we're on a mission here to to really redefine what a destination marketing organization is and does, and we're doing some disruptive stuff. We started our very first podcast a couple of weeks ago. We launched it during Carolina Country Music Fest. It's called Myrtle Mums with Margaritas. So rather than a DMO podcast like people would normally do where it's just a boring conversation with a bunch of locals about a bunch of stuff no one cares about we're actually making it about being a mom and living in the grand strand and having fun and drinking margaritas so it's we're trying to really leaning into what we're calling branded entertainment which is really a continuation of what we started at fuel and now travel boom which is you know how do, how do you wrap the information, the knowledge you want to share with people in something that, that they actually want to consume, right? So that's why we, we always added levity to our podcast, you know, and, and you continue to do that. And so we're trying to do that in the DMO space. It's 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 funny, we always joked about the hotel industry was five years behind other industries. And from a marketing perspective, I would argue that the DMO space is five years behind the hotel industry. So yeah. Yeah. I, I've got a decade of catch up to to put in front of people. Um, we just launched our new ad campaign, which is very bold and provocative. And instead of a, a normal DMO campaign where it's, here's people enjoying your destination that you don't really connect with emotionally. Here's our logo and it could be any destination. We're actually kind of leaning into that uh, like insurance company where we're creating a shtick and having mascots type characters or spokespeople that are recognizable. And so we've got like these two sports casters we created. So if you go, if you go now to the um, visit model beach, YouTube channel, you can see those commercials. There's like four 30 second spots, but they're very, if you like, like the travel boom podcast, um, 
you you'd like these you'll get a kick out of them they have the same kind of (laughs) sense of humor yeah um they're a little silly you know there's some dad jokes in there hidden uh, at the bottom in the little ticker so um yeah one of my favorite jokes in one of them is it it says the the beach tug of war contest enters enters its ninth hour the competitors are at the end of their rope so there's a lot of silliness like that (laughs) um so yeah um so yeah we're doing a lot of different stuff but i'm I'm having a blast obviously miss you guys uh, i miss the hotel side of things like i'm not going to be at high tech which is next week it's the first time in like 15 years i haven't been at high tech but making some new friends and um shaking shaking some stuff up so it's 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 been a lot of fun and, and it's been a fun ride absolutely so yeah and we'll link to uh both the chamber site the youtube page and and alex will link to condo world as well Stuart, congratulations on your one-year chip though that's a that's a big accomplishment you yeah. al- you almost made it now you're falling back in yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, well, I'm, I'm just certainly haven't fired me yet because we're definitely doing some disruptive stuff now now the the fortunate thing is and and um i've got two bosses one of whom is my CEO and she she comes from the agency world so she's given me a lot of latitude in terms of what what we can get away with but then my other boss is the chair of our board of directors which happens to be your other guest today Alex, <laughs> so, uh, Alex yes. and I know, have known each other a while she knows yes, yes. <laughs> she knew what she was getting into um, when they hired me so she's given me a lot of latitude yeah, there's, no. there's been a lot of forgiveness. I knew you. fully well what I was getting into because I was an avid listener. You guys know this of this podcast for, gosh, I don't know, since 2015, I'd say. I'm pretty sure I've listened to almost every episode that's been out <laughs> there. But and really, that was part of why I had always wanted to start a podcast was just seeing what what you guys did. And I send your old episodes to Annie sometimes. I'm like, look at how they did this. It's really, really cool. But um, you guys are an inspiration and you didn't even know. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. And, and Stuart, the good thing is, is uh, she's very patient if she's listened to all of our episodes. In the <laughs> I just <laughs> so you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> and very tolerant of bad humor as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apparently, right? Yeah. So, well, hey, let's see if we can uh, find some bad humor in our book discussion today. Uh-huh. So, so for, for everybody again, just kind of. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't do news of ruse anymore. Like that's the yeah, only yeah, reason on, I agreed to jump off. This is a this is a special this is a special edition of the, but, the, but the podcast. At least the jingle. Least, Come on. We need to think of a piece of news, and you need to at least do the jingle. This is totally inexcusable. Ah, uh, okay. Well, actually, I was I was afraid that that was going to happen. <laughs> you knew. <laughs> so, you knew. Let me get my top hat out and yes. be your dancing monkey. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so here we go. Ready? <laughs> Drum roll. <laughs> right, With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for your news Oh, oh so, so good. good. So good. I missed that. Uh, well, I'm just you can keep listening it, to, to all other 219 episodes before this one and, and hear that as well. Yes. But, but yes, yeah, so the news today comes from Hospitality Trends, and it's from June 23rd. So at the time you're listening to this, it's a couple of days old. It says, for week ending June 18th, hotel revenue per available room, or RevPAR as we call it, reached an all-time weekly high. Uh, this is from the Star Report for just the, the overall market, which I thought was pretty interesting. So basically, if we look at the 12th through the 18th of June, Occupancy overall was at 71%, which was actually down about 5%. Uh, 
ADR was across the U.S. in general is $155, which is a almost 15% increase over last year, which is again, a a record as well. And then we look at uh, revenue per available room. That was $111, which was up about nine and a half percent. So really, really interesting data here. I was a little bit surprised just because I know that we're starting to kind of come into a little bit of a crunch. We're starting to see a little bit of concerns in terms of people's confidence in the economy. But it's good to see that we are still have some very high numbers. Stuart, you probably know better than anybody about what's going on. What's the what's deal? Yeah, and it's weird, right? Because our market is not following the national trend because we, we broke the trend last year so significantly. I, I don't know if your listeners know this, but Myrtle Beach area led the nation in recovery last year. Like if you look at STR's RevPAR reports and, and compare 2019 to 2021, we were one of only two destinations that actually saw positive growth. And, and the other was Virginia Beach, but we were significantly higher than them even. So um, we had a phenomenal 2021. Uh, 2022 softened a little bit for us because it, it just, we stole so much market share last year. Um, but the, the nation as a whole has really seen good recovery. Now there's a couple of factors that are going on here. The biggest one is that because the cost of operation has gone up significantly, you know, labor costs, supply chain costs, ADRs had to grow, right? There's, there's no way a lot of these accommodations could have continued to operate without an increase in price. But fortunately, the demand has been there um, thus far to, to warrant that and, and people have been staying in hotels and still traveling. Now, I think we're probably on the cusp of a little bit of a, a decline. I think there's a lot of forecast that suggests we could be heading into a recession in 2023 gas prices being where they are this consumer confidence is is beginning to dip um so i don't think we're going to see a consistent growth trajectory at this point but um enjoy it while you can and get the rates you you can and and keep don't be don't be afraid to try to reach for for the right rate as as demand is still there right now I think it also matters too when people booked. I mean, looking at the booking window of you know what the rates are that are showing right now as you know yeah. so much higher. If people booked back in January, February, March when everybody's prices were still high, then yes, this, the, they're arriving to a very expensive rental that they had had bought. But now you see, I mean, people are just dropping rate like crazy, which of course we really we, uh, don't don't like that i mean this is this is essentially and Stuart, you know i mean this is kind of what we had a feeling was going to happen and we kept telling everybody please don't do that i mean don't start the year so high that then when you get down to the end of it you're gonna have to discount so low that really you didn't make any gains from what you had risen in the right. early part of the year so unfortunately we've seen that play out and that's not just our destination i think that's everywhere but we're, we're definitely seeing rates now as far as what's being booked right now, whether they're coming in in a few weeks or they're coming in later this fall. The, the prices are much more normalized. They're very much similar to 2019. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think it's going to be very similar to, you know, let's kind of make a, you know, equate it to the real estate market in that prices went up like crazy. I mean, we saw ADR increases that were downright stupid, mm-hmm. you know, through greedy. 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And it's starting to flatten out. We're not necessarily seeing it pull back to, you know, 2020 levels, but it is going to flatten out. We did a uh, leisure travel study back at the end of April 
where we specifically asked customers how rising prices, specifically gas and travel prices, are going to impact their travel plans for the summer. Mm -hmm. And there's a few key takeaways. We won't t necessarily talk about them here, but if you go to travelboommarketing.com slash blog, you can see the, the leisure travel study there. One thing I thought that was really interesting was 30% stated that their vacation plans will change due to rising costs. Mm -hmm. And what was also interesting is, and this one was a little bit shocking to me, is we asked the question, you know, would you cancel an existing, already booked vacation if prices continue to increase? And 21% said that they would actually consider canceling an already booked vacation. So you, if you're a hotelier or a vacation rental manager, keep that in mind that you still need to be selling the destination and extolling the virtues of going on a great trip to your property even after that booking has taken place. Yeah, yeah you can't cash the money until, until they've stayed. So I think that's good advice. Yep. It, it's, it's really interesting. I think, you know, clearly there are, there are market conditions that are changing. You know, interest rates just went up. We, we've got a lot of challenges in the labor force and inflation's almost out of control, not quite. So I think we've got to look at all that. But it's so market specific. Like if you look at gas prices as an example, the assumption is, well, if gas prices go up, people have less money in their pocket, they'll travel less. Well, not necessarily. They might travel shorter distances, but not necessarily reduce the amount that they're traveling. So we, we actually did a study recently that looked at the, the impact of gas prices on the Myrtle Beach market. We actually found an inverse correlation. So as gas prices go up, occupancy actually goes up in Myrtle Beach. A hypothesis for that is, especially the northeast and really going east from from along you know from the bottom of south carolina and, and uh going west sorry um we we think a lot of people that would traditionally travel down to florida choose not to they choose to come to Myrtle beach because it's so much you know they save half a day of driving and save a lot of money so mm -hmm. re really look don't don't get too caught up on national data and national trends really look at what it means for your market specifically because you, yep. you might see some opportunity very true with that i should have never said that this might be a quick episode because we have everybody on here and we have a whole bunch of great data uh don't discount that though this is gonna be a longer episode i think there's gonna be a lot of good stuff in here and make sure that you're checking out that that research that that travel boom has done obviously that chamber has done and that's out there because there's a lot of great information that's going to help you become a better better vacation rental and hotelier out there. So with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into the main topic of the episode, which is the book Building a Brand Story by Donald Miller. Just a quick update of kind of what the book was all about. Donald Miller is making the case in his book that actually came out in 2017 that marketers are making it way too hard for customers to understand what they do and makes it incredibly difficult to actually do business. He makes this point by comparing marketing to movies. And marketing is really nothing more than telling a great story. So as a marketer, if you can tell a great story and you can take your customer and put them into the story, we'll talk about that in just a second, it makes the conversion process way, way easier. One of the things that he ha his points is, is that marketing and storytelling are both very formulaic. And he distills this down to basically one summary. And that is a character who wants something encounters a problem before they can get before they can get it. At the peak of their despair, a guide steps in, gives them a plan, and calls them to action. 
This action helps them avoid failure and find success. So as the hotelier or the marketer in general, our job is to help guide them through that process and put that customer in the story and help them be the hero of their entire journey. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Stuart, we'll, we'll start with you. Mm -hmm. Top line, is this a good book or is this a book that we throw in the trash? No, there's a, there's a, I definitely had some challenges with it and, and didn't agree with everything they said or, or how they went about it. But I think overall there's some really valuable lessons that are articulated in a, in a way that I think will resonate with people. I, you know, I think the biggest one of all being, you know, being focused on your customer, not on yourself, which is something we've talked about a ton on the on the show. I think you did a whole episode about that with Jeff Bezos's approach of being, you know, completely obsessed with the customer is, is what Amazon does. And so I think I think if you take nothing else from this book, that that's a lesson that I think everyone can learn from is, is putting the guest at the center of every decision you make is going to make you a better marketer. Good, good, good point. How about you, Alex? Is it a, is a keeper or a trasher? I think it's a good book, honestly. And um, it's it's one of those, it's a type of book that is good to read when you haven't, like you feel like you all, we, as marketers, we know all this stuff, but it's just a good reminder. And actually I had some good takeaways that for different campaigns that we're working on both with Condo World and the podcast that I was like, okay, it either confirmed what I'm thinking is going in the right direction or made me re remember Mm, I might need to tweak that a little bit just to make sure that we're, you know, really hitting people where it's important to hit them. But, you know, storytelling has always been a part of marketing and marketing can become very tactical in, in a lot of cases. And I think that's when you really lose having that emotional connection is so important. I mean, you can't move people until you touch them. Right. So it's they've got to have that emotional connection with people. And one of my favorite lines in this book, and I recently heard it in another um, I don't know if it was a book or a podcast, but about the concept that people want to be taken somewhere. And I think mm -hmm. that's really powerful that you want to take them on a journey. They want to feel like they're being led to greener pastures or to some, something that's taking them somewhere different than where they are, whether it's that they're going to, they're being taken somewhere, literally that if you're a resort or a hotel, you're taking them and their family on this beautiful vacation, or if it's a product that you're taking them to become a better version of themselves. Uh, just really being mindful of that and how you communicate is, is really key. Well, you know, that, that actually ties into the very first thing I was going to bring up kind of as a discussion point. And that is the question of who is the hero and who is the guide? Yeah. So th the way it's described in the book is, you know, let's look at Star Wars. Jean-Luc Picard could not have been who he was <laughs> if it wasn't for Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know you're going to lose me on this, I don't know anything about Star Wars. Alex, joke went right over Alex's Yeah, head. right over my head. Stuart, you know everything he's talking about. But. <laughs> no, 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 so uh, obviously Jean-Luc Picard is uh, Star Trek and not uh, Star Wars. Oh, see? I, which, which, <laughs> I really didn't even get it. Yeah, which I have, destroys. I have met William Shatner many times. That's about as close as I get to it. But <laughs> I don't. <laughs> So, but uh, but no. So, in in the Star Wars example, Luke Skywalker could never have been who he was as the hero of the story, had it not been for Obi Wan Kenobi to be his guide through that process. Mm -hmm. So, the whole point of the book is to make the customer, the Luke Skywalker, the hotelier or the marketer, 
is going to be the Obi-Wan Kenobi. We're job, our job is not to be the hero and come in and save the vacationer's day. Our job is to be the guide that helps the vacationer save their own day. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about a little bit about that hero versus guide concept. I think a lot of hoteliers, quite frankly, screw that up and try yeah. to become the hero. And the book gave some really good tangible examples of that from a bunch of businesses, including hotels, right? So I think that's tangible. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's like when you go to a homepage of a website and it says established in 1974, founded by this random guy. Yeah. And like people don't care, but that's not why they're coming to stay. And unless you're like on the extreme end of history, that's not what people want. It's like if you offer if you tell them what it offers to them, yeah, the hero of the story, it's a lot more, you know, is it, you're going to have the best, most worry-free, relaxing vacation you've ever had is a lot more powerful than showing a picture of the outside of the hotel and talking about your history. So I think that's a mistake a lot of hotels make. Well, yeah. and I know that, you know, I make this all the time in that we want to, you know, obviously from more of the hotel marketing side, we want the hotel in the property to be amazing. So we keep telling everybody, hey, the property can do this. You can do this at the property. Where in reality, I think we have to change our copy and our message to be, you need a great vacation. Yeah. You need to reconnect with your family. These mm -hmm. are the problems that you have. Oh, good news. I actually know how you can solve all your problems yeah. with our property. It's not necessarily yeah. that the, our property is the destination, that connection to your family is a destination, that vacate, the relaxation, whatever it might be that makes you want to get away. Mm -hmm. We're the people who help facilitate that. We're not the people who come in and hit the home run. We leave that to the customer. Yeah, and I think yeah. we're, we're all guilty of that. That's definitely something that everybody can look at their website and probably find some copy that can be, you know, just, just flip the script on it a little bit because that, that is important. I think in our industry, Vacation Rentals specifically, one thing that I don't think we emphasize enough that I want to go back and look at some of our, our messaging is that we are, I mean, if people are planning a multifamily uh, vacation and they pick a property through us it's it's a process right you've got several family members and different families that are deciding and there's a lot of money going around and it's it there's a lot of stress on that person that's the that's planning the trip so for them they want to make sure that when everybody gets there that everything has gone well and that they they really are the hero to the family because the vacation is everything that they expected and more but what we see happen often is that especially with Airbnb and you know some of these new ways of booking rentals popping up, people get to what they thought was gonna be a wonderful vacation and it is not at all what it was pictured. Sometimes the unit isn't even really available and that's the, the absolute nightmare for that family and that guest. So it's important to play up that if you're a professional company, resort, hotel, you're gonna make that process and that experience stress-free and make them really look like the hero. We, and, and Alex, I mean, you have a perfect example of, you know, in, in your business from a vacation rental side, mm -hmm. you, you really have to be the guide because there's a lot more questions, so, yeah. there's a lot more uncertainty and a heck of a lot more stress. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and that person checks in and they're sitting around, you know, with a drink in hand, getting in the hot tub at the property. Nobody's saying, hey, let's all talk about how Alex was the big hero of today. Right. Nobody, exactly. you know, they, they don't want to hear that. They want to hear how I was the one who saved the day. Yeah. This is my family, and everybody's looking up to me as being the fantastic dad yeah. who was able to yeah. get a great vacation. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, and what, what I liked about how they how they presented it, it, it was weird. It was kind of like a schizophrenic book because it, it sort of focused so much on the, the, the story 
this I forget what they call it, but he has the a SB seven framework. Yeah, the framework right that he has, and it's very, um, v very palatable. You can it breaks it down into very easy to understand components. Um, that's the kind of the first start part of the book, and then he just kind of starts rambling about email marketing and stuff in the second last yeah, part. Yeah, there, there's a few weird spots. It was kind of yeah. weird. But, but I really like the framework that, that is developed because it almost doesn't matter if it's the right framework or or the perfect framework. The fact that they have this, this process to go through that makes you think that you can follow step by step, I think is a strong exercise for most marketers to, to follow because, you know, we I always used to say on the podcast a lot, like where, where focus goes, energy flows. And if you're breaking this down into its component pieces, you're going to have to focus on the things that are important, like right. who's who's the audience, right? And what do they care about? And what are the problems you're solving? And what are the calls to actions? And what is the journey? So I, I really like that component of the book. I do think they were way, way overselling their own services. So I, <laughs> like there's a lot of, and, and he was doing what he's preaching and it's probably the right thing to do. And he probably gets more, um, results because of it, but God, it was annoying. Every yeah. three, five minutes, go to our website and do this. Go. Yeah, to and I, I went there and I checked it out, and I mean, there's nothing. I didn't, I didn't go through the process of it. No. But for some people, maybe that's helpful. But sometimes yeah, I, I think, think, I think lot, just being able to consume it and listen to it and think about it in your own mind, for me, that's normally enough. But I, yeah. you know, I just look back through my notes because there's so much in this that I'm trying to figure out where I've heard this. I was at a conference a few years ago, and this was a, a very um, well-known speaker in the speaker world. His name's Pete Vargas, and he had a version of this, but it's simplified, and it was called the. It was a story braid, but it was the process that you take somebody through when you're giving a speech or when you're doing marketing, anything can be applied. Heart, head, hands, and then heart. And it's kind of it's similar to what, what this book talks about, but I think that concept is really cool. Just briefly tell you, heart, the first part of the message, you connect with their hearts and the connection of your story. Head, your proprietary process. That's the framework that's moving you to that next part of the journey. Hands, the call to action, what they need to do to, to get whatever this journey is you're telling them about and then heart one more time to seal the deal, emotional call that takes the circles back to the beginning of the presentation. And I think you know, having, that, having a framework like that or like the one in this book, it, it is helpful because like I said, I don't listen to books like this all the time, but it's a good reminder to have something like, like that if you found a strategy that works for you in your communications, just to, just to have around when you're building campaigns out because it keeps you consistent and sometimes it's easy to forget about the basics. <laughs> yeah. There was yeah. there was one point in there and kind of to build on that point, Alex, where he talks about obviously marketing is formulaic, storytelling is formulaic, but then he ties it into music also being formulaic. Yeah. And this is the part that resonated with me was the difference between music That's and noise. That's because you're so musical with your jingles. It, it, it is. <laughs> yeah, no that, one did that <laughs> if, if you notice that I started singing the jingle in 2017 and this mm -hmm. book came out it's 2017. Oh. Yeah. So I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but you know, his story Are is Are we really just between... trying to get him on the show? Maybe that's why. <laughs> no, no, I, actually, I was leading to that. I, I read this book in 2017. That's why I, okay. <laughs> I make great music. Okay. No, but the, the point being that the difference between music and noise is that formulaic approach. You know, by putting the notes and the chords together in the proper format makes something sound amazing and also makes it memorable. And if mm -hmm. I just throw all the music out there, all the sound out there, it doesn't do anything. So mm -hmm. 
yeah, so I found that that, that formulaic approach is, is really helpful. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It keeps you focused on on the priorities, right? Uh, I think it, it does cut out a lot of the noise. There's so many. This every day that you as a marketer come into the office, there's a thousand things in front of you that you could tackle. What this helps you do, having a, any kind of process helps yeah. you do, is say, here's how I prioritize what I'm going to work on today, and so it, it stops you getting off track. It mm -hmm. keeps you guided towards your north star, whatever that is. So, so that's kind of the, the, the hero versus guide, the formulaic approach. So the next question I have for you is, the question is, is a vacation life or death? And what I mean by that is, in the book he talks about how everything in our caveman brain is about survival. And that survival doesn't necessarily have to be food. It's all of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. You know, it's everything from self-actualization, all the way down to, from a hotel or vacation rentals perspective, shelter. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of everything in between there. And as marketers, do we get too complex and try to just throw everything out there and create all, like story, like you just said, create all that noise? Mm -hmm. And does that make our caveman brain not understand how we're going to survive or thrive because of, in our case, taking a vacation? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean. Uh, Maslow's hierarchy is, is used a lot as a psychology tool in, in marketing, right? And it and it's it's and it can be used in a hyperbolic way, which I think is what he was doing, right? Because clearly you're not going to die if you don't take a vacation, right? <laughs> but you're not going to live the fullest life you can if you don't rest and relax, and more importantly, connect with people, right? Because the social, as you go up the uh, up Maslow's hierarchy. From, from the survival things like food and, and water and shelter and stuff. It gets into the social connections and the need for relationships and stuff like that. And that, I think that's where this, this is probably more apt to, to fit in. So mm -hmm. definitely, like literally you're not gonna die, but I think it's very important. And most people recognize the importance for rest and relaxation and connecting with family and friends and things like that. So. I, I, I do think there's a, there's a way to leverage that in your messaging to really pull on the, you know, what he, he broke it down into like this, the internal problems, the external problems, and then it's like the philosophical problems, right, that, that mm -hmm. you can tackle. And I, th I think travel, vacation, taking a break, all that can, can, can meet all three of those needs. Yeah. Well, I think he, he also looks at it in terms of kind of going back to pure survival, that everything you do in life consumes calories. And I thought this was kind of yeah. a, a funny way of looking at it, that the, you know, if I look at something, it's either, you know, threat or not a threat. Then is it going to be food or not food? And then it starts going up that need, you know, will it create belongingness? But if I have to think about it really hard and I don't know what you offer because you're telling me that this property was founded in 1961 and <laughs> yeah. you know, we have a phenomenal HVAC system and all this crap. <laughs> I'm burning calories before I get to the point of, oh, and my family's gonna love me more because I took them on vacation. Right, yeah. Yeah, he lost me a little bit on that one, I'll be honest. Yeah. Like I, I, I get what he's trying to articulate. I, don't, I didn't particularly like the way it was delivered because I don't think there's a, there's a conscious decision in the human brain that 
I'm, I'm burning calories and this is too much effort. Well, I think his point is it's, it's subconscious. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and it's, it's really about, it's not about the calories being burned, right? I, I, I think that was sort of a red herring. It's about, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it is energy in a way, but it, it's, it's, it's as much about time and focus as yeah. it is about anything else. Like the, the physical measurement of energy in, in calories is one way to look at it, but it's amount, it, it is about effort. And that, that's not just the, the amount of energy, it's the amount of time, it's, it's how hard is it, it's, it's a lot of things. So I, I felt like calories was a red herring, but it's about mm -hmm. path of least resistance. How do you create the path of least resistance to make it frictionless for someone to do what you want them to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I know many times I've been planning a vacation. If I'm at home, I'm sitting on the couch and looking on my, my phone or laptop and going through different sites. And sometimes you get to a point where either if you're trying to check two websites, three websites against each other, or the, the website is confusing, you get frustrated and you just give up, right? And it's like, it's just it's not worth it. And really, that is, that's my internal system telling me, you've, I didn't really think about it this way, but you've burned enough calories on this for now. Like, you can't keep going. But it's you, you don't want to keep going on that. It's the friction just it stops you. But yeah. um, as far as the Maslow part, I mean, once once your needs have been met, once your your shelter is good, you've got your food, all that. I mean, of course, I mean, if you're if you're worried about your any of those core elements, you're definitely not thinking about a vacation. But that next step of what people do think about, I mean, a vacation is pretty high up on the hierarchy. And we know that because we see even in recessions, people still go on vacations. I mean, at least to our area they do because it's a, an affordable drive destination to get to. But it's, you know, it, revenge travel is a thing, but also it's like, I feel like vacations can play against of a lot of different emotions that you go on vacation when you're mad, you go on vacation when you're sad, when you're happy. I mean, there's, they, they, it can play so many yeah. different mm -hmm. reasons yeah. for travel. So that's, I guess the good thing about our industry is that it, there's a lot of different ways to package it. And even if somebody's, no matter what state they're in, they'll probably still go on a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was proven out with the pandemic, really. Like, yeah, everyone was yeah. told, you can't do anything. And we're like, screw that. I'm going on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Try telling a, a teenager or anybody, hey, you can't do this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we had one of our email campaigns, that, right, like when everything opened back up was, a family and and the the guy's standing he's got his wife and his two kids and he's got his arm in the air and he said and the tagline was take back your vacation i mean like and it just did gangbusters because man people they're like yes you know i want to be yeah. back there <laughs> yeah we need to kind of like have the the red dawn thing store in the top of a myrtle beach hotel with someone holding like a surfboard over their head going yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's right so. But, uh, so hey, so next t topic of discussion, we kind of talked about the hierarchy of needs and everything, but he, he makes the point of don't make your story or your offering too complex. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like how he, inter he kind of brought in the story of the Bourne identity and how yeah. Jason Bourne, <clears throat> he has that, that true, a character has a problem, he's trying to solve it to find success. So Jason Bourne, he doesn't know who he is, he has to find his way. He finds somebody who can help guide him, and he works through that process. The way Miller goes through that process, he says, now, if you also found out that Jason uh, was, let's say, studying how to become a chef and wanted to remodel his room, all this stuff that would make the story way too complex, mm -hmm. the listener or the you know, viewer in that case will lose interest and walk away. That's very similar to how yeah. Poor marketers, and honestly, good marketers as well, we do the same thing on our websites. And yeah, Stuart, you mentioned this as well, is that we, we talk about too much stuff versus just 
how do we make that customer the hero and book now? Yeah. I mean, I think you've got to always prioritize the value prop that you, that you offer and, and fully recognize that, that the value prop might be different for different audience members, right? So how do you pause that? How do you sort people into neat buckets so you can t sell them on the things? But if you've got like the 50 reasons to visit your hotel on your, on your homepage, it, you, no one's going to do it. And he talked a lot about this, about how people don't really read content, like they don't really read websites. You've got to really do it in bullet form. And I, I like the example he gave, like you've got to make it so easy that a caveman can understand it. And he yeah. did this little yeah. kind of caveman impression of, you know, this good, me like, me want, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Like I think you do have to um, re really aim for that. Like it, that's an oversimplification, which he did a lot in this. Like that, I think that's the biggest pro problem I had with the book overall was he he would either super exaggerate something or oversimplify something. He wasn't a very mm -hmm. not a very nuanced communicator, and so. Um, but I do think that the the more simple you can communicate the most important things mm -hmm. and prioritize those things, I think the more impact you're going to have. Yeah, that point really it stuck it stood out to me. Um, and a perfect example of how I've seen that in our business. Our uh, CEO and founder, Roy Clyburn, uh, passed away last year. But when he, he led the marketing for the company for the majority of their years until I came 13 years ago, and in, in that time, most of the advertising was newspaper ads that he was doing, you know, writing copy for and picking out pictures. And one of the headlines of the, of the newspaper ads that we ran the most was just said, we rent condos. <laughs> Sim mm -hmm. simple, simple as that, we rent condos. And we've got a, a painting in his office that has that same, that same tagline on, we rent condos. And it says it's a business deceptively simple yet endlessly complicated, which it is. <laughs> but it's, you know, basic. And you, you want to hit people between between the eyes, they don't have a lot of time. And I know in our industry, when I go to some companies' websites, it's hard to tell if they are a real estate company, a property management company, a rental company. In most cases, we all do a little bit of each of those, but sometimes you can't tell. And you guys have talked about this on previous podcasts about, you know, there's always competing interests within a business of what do we put in the homepage? You know, what images are we showing? And like, what's, what's most important? Well, sometimes showing golf, even though we're trying to promote golf, isn't the most important thing to have on the homepage because you're detracting from the people that are just there to book the family vacation. So I think really understanding your audience and knowing the, the, where they're landing on your site or in your marketing and making sure that you're speaking to the, to the masses and then be more specific in the pages or areas where it makes sense to show the other types of services that you have. You know, I, I equate that when we are looking at a site and we're doing our analysis of what works and what doesn't work, we use a system called Microsoft Clarity, which we're, we're big fans of. Mm -hmm. And when you look at Clarity, it's a, it's a heat mapping and a scroll mapping and a bunch of user recordings system that helps us understand kind of user experience. And the first thing you notice is most people, particularly on a, a hospitality-based website, they go to the homepage, they look for a date picker, they hit yeah. click on check rates or book now or whatever that call to action is. And all the junk that surrounds that is just noise yeah. preventing them from saying arrival, departure, yeah. search. Isn't that amazing? All the things that we've you know, debate and spend so much time trying to figure out over the years, you're 100% right. We see the same thing. All right, so the this last thing I really wanted to quick touch on that Mr. Miller talks about is that customers don't want to be convinced 
they want help solving the problem that they already have. Mm -hmm. So in some cases, hoteliers can, or Stuart, probably more your case, the vacation uh, destination in general, can kind of spur that problem or spur the awareness of the problem. But customers want to become brand advocates and get our help solving the problem. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily need to, to shove it down their throats. So what do you guys think about that, that one takeaway from the, the story? Yeah, it was, it was interesting, right? Because he said that, but then he also said how you need to put calls to actions specifically everywhere with, which are really hard selling people at different levels of the journey, right? So you need to, like in a hotel's case, a call to action might be book now, but it also might be check availability, right? So those are two different levels of, of call to action, but you need them at the top, the bottom, the middle. So he's sort of contradicting himself a little bit there, I feel like. Um, but I do do agree in general, you're more effective if you help not sell. In, I mean, that's always it was our philosophy at, at Fuel and Travel Boom. And um, I, I just, I think people don't like to be told specifically what they should do. They like to be nudged into coming to that conclusion that themselves. I don't know if you guys really followed the, the Johnny Depp trial um, and Amber Heard trial. Um, it was the most compelling TV I've ever seen. I was like every night I was looking at YouTube clips of the, the trial. But, but one of the, one of the things that was really interesting is his his lawyer. She would she would lead out a bunch of breadcrumbs to a conclusion. Like she'd say, well, Amber does this and Amber does that and Amber does this. But then she would never and it would all lead towards a conclusion. But she never stated what that conclusion was because she she wanted the 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 jury to piece it together and make the decision because there's a yeah. psychological, um, uh, I don't know, phenomena, I guess, that um, if you come up with the idea yourself, if it's your decision or if you yeah. make the inference, yeah. it sticks versus if someone tells you something, your natural inclination is to look for reasons why that's not true. Absolutely. So I think it's the same with selling people on a hotel. Like you, you don't want to come out and say, you have to stay at this hotel right but yeah. you want to breadcrumb them to the reasons why they might want to come to that conclusion so yeah. so i think yeah. he's sort of right but i also think you've got to sell through call to action at the same time yeah i, I agree with that 100 and one thing that i kind of struggled with in the book was it's a balance of i mean you want to you want to mention your customers problems and you engage they're going to engage with you more when they know what you're offering and how you're going to be able to address those problems but at the same time i don't like to have my advertising say what i'm not right so it's like if mm -hmm. It, say we were going to spin what we've talked about to say okay if you book at condo world you're not going to have to deal with uh, not knowing if your unit's in good condition like if you booked with mm -hmm. airbnb or something you know like there's and different variations of that but i don't like to say what i'm not i don't think that that's a positive way to do things but at the same time that balance of still mentioning their problems but putting it in a positive way that like you said Stuart, nudges them along to make their own decisions on which would you choose <laughs> knowing all the facts at this point but yeah he talked about in the book and i like this analogy he talked about like the different ingredients of people's decision making and how fear like so what you would yeah. be doing there by you if you said you don't risk staying at an Airbnb because you might end up with a shite property or something yeah, like that, right? Yeah. Um, that's that's a fear motivator, which is powerful if used sparingly. If you overwhelm someone with fear, they they tend to get paralyzed. But it, he said it's like fear is like salt, right? You just need a sprinkle of fear 
whether that's fear of missing out or fear of making the wrong decision. Yeah. But you've got to use it really sparingly. If you put too much salt in your recipe, it's, it's going to be overpowering. So I think something but, to fear is that. Yeah. No, and I say one well, of the things that kind of goes with that is I think what he was also speaking to is it's not necessarily putting the fear in, but it's alleviating the fear that might be behind the scenes in that person's head. Right. Yeah, Acknowledging about, the fear that's there, right? Yeah, and saying, hey, don't worry. I know you're, you haven't worried about this yet. But you don't have to worry about this in the future either because, you know, at Condo World, all of our condos have this, you know, clean guarantee, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's tough, though, because it's like if, say, we say it that way, then it goes kind of back to, well, now we're just talking about ourselves again. So it really it's it's it's. He's right, but it makes writing copy a little bit complicated mm-hmm. <laughs> to get it. Well, perfect. you know, he, he ties everything to movies and stories, and, and yeah. that stuff is complicated, right? And yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's why it's hard to find great marketers. And, uh, and you know, we're lucky yeah, we've got honestly, a couple right here. Great, can... co- great copywriters. I tell you what, it is really fi- hard to find people mm-hmm. that are great at writing copy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think the problem is a lot of marketers don't spend enough time on copywriting. It's sort of the yeah. last piece yeah. of the puzzle sometimes, and it's, yeah. it's usually rushed and, and shit. One of the things he did say about with his whole framework is, you know, you're creating your brand story, and it's, it's a very methodical thing, but it's not done. Like, get the first version done, but then litmus test it, share it with people, get mm-hmm. feedback. It should evolve. And I think we as marketers, a lot of times, we'll, we'll ship out an ad or ship out the, the website homepage copy and, and it's done. And, and then we move on to the next thing. But I think good copy does evolve. And it, it, as you learn and, and as you evolve, I think you should be putting the appropriate amount of energy back into reevaluating and refining that. There's a a quote that I love is from Pascal. It says, I would have written a shorter letter, but I didn't have time. Yeah. I think Mark, Mark Twain also said, you know, I didn't have time to write you a short letter, so I wrote you a long one. Yeah. Right. yeah and well, when I'm you think about that, that's... Life is tough. It's, it, it, it is tough. <laughs> yeah, when you distill something down to just the main point, it, it yeah. takes a lot of time. And that's where great copy comes in. So. Yeah. For sure. I was, I was trying to think about that when I'm writing an email. And if I see that the email's getting really long, I'm like, okay, I got to... Hold on, take a break because I can probably eliminate at least fifty percent of everything that's in there because I'm going way too deep into things that Some of it's you lose people. Yeah, you lose people. There's not enough clarity. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. yeah. that's an art. Right. It's an art. If you can write succinctly and effectively, I mean, there's no stopping you. That's yeah. a really powerful weapon. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna head into a little rapid fire section. Pew 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 pew. <laughs> so, all right, so. Going around the table, starting with Alex on this one, and then Stuart, I want to hear your key takeaway from this book. Just one sentence or so of what it is. Oh boy, I, I, I still go back to my, my, I think maybe I jumped the gun, I said it earlier <laughs> in the first question you asked me, but that people want to be taken somewhere. And really just thinking about that message as you're crafting your campaigns, as you're looking at the copy, whether you write it or somebody else does, you know, where is it taking, where is it, where's the journey taking them? It needs to be outside of the walls of whatever it is that you're selling and just really being mindful of just getting into the, the minds of, of the customer. And for me, when I, when I listen to books like this, I think about my own experience. And we just went to Cartagena, Colombia back in March for vacation. 
And I know booking that trip, I was very much in this mindset that I was like, I this is confusing to me. This I've never country I've never been to. There's a lot of unknowns, and I got frustrated many times and just gave up on the process. Like obviously burned too many calories, <laughs> according to him. But when I went back into it, I'm like, okay, I just I want to find a place to stay that is going to meet all the criteria. I want to make sure we're safe, <laughs> and I want to make sure that it's nice and that this is a great trip and that my husband doesn't kill me for taking him to a country we've never been before. And all those things were accomplished. So that's it's important to remember, be mindful of why your people are traveling. <laughs> Love it. So good takeaway, Stuart. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I mean the quintessential part of the book is is talking about how you're not the hero of the story that the yeah. consumer is, right? And I think that's that's the most important lesson any marketer can can learn. I think is is it's not about them; it's about the customer. Always, if you're if you're unashamedly obsessed with the customer in every decision you make um you're going to be fine and that's that's how you improve like because it because it, it forces you to listen to the customer it forces you to do things that maybe are inconvenient to you and your staff because it benefits the customer it, it mm -hmm. just puts you in the right mindset i think so i think i think that's probably the, the biggest one um and, and then secondarily to that is like just having a framework or having a process that or, or being um, sort of semi-rigid with how you go about doing whatever it is you do I think is is important I think that's that's the differentiator between good marketers and great marketers every great marketer you ever come across is very process oriented like this there's, there's clearly a lot of creativity involved with a great with great marketers but they follow certain rules that they they occasionally break but for the most part they'll stick to those rules or those frameworks or those processes so I think that that would be my biggest takeaways okay well you you stole my takeaway but uh I, I, I have a spare I was gonna say your instructions said to have a spare so I know and I did <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so my spare was I love the fact that he said that you know mission statements are useless instead have a one-liner and have a one-liner that everybody on your staff everyone who works with you completely understands and buys into you know the lofty goal of you know we've been in business and so it's yeah. such, such a year mm -hmm. and we do this and this you know boil it down to you know, in, in the case of travel boom you know we help independent hoteliers succeed online something mm -hmm. very simple and succinct mm -hmm. that says oh okay now i know what you do and yeah. if everybody understands what that is and buys into it from a hotelier's perspective that means your housekeeping staff your front mm -hmm. desk staff your maintenance your reservationists your web developers whoever it might be can say oh i know what i'm working toward because mm -hmm. if your staff doesn't understand what you do or what role you play in this customer's journey and their story, how are you supposed to be the guide if you don't know what you're guiding them toward? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally. a good one. That was my spare too. I, I think you know, <laughs> we talked before on the show about having a um, a scoreboard. Like the best hotels that we ever worked with at Fuel were the ones that where there was alignment behind the, between the departments, where revenue management and sales and marketing and operations everyone was playing to the same scoreboard right they they knew what success was it had clarity of definition they measured it often and they spoke about it a lot like that alignment of of effort makes a big difference in any organization and i think what he was saying here was the same thing if you have a tagline or like a movie does right it describes what the movie is if you can have that in a very 
boilerplate manner that actually is meaningful, not not a mission statement where you use a lot of hyperbole and silly words. Like we used to have one before fuel was fuel. It was called Intellistrand, and it was we we are exceptional individuals who offer unparalleled this <laughs> and cutting edge that. And it was like it was just word vomiting and um, didn't really mean a whole lot. So I think if you can boil it down to something. He had a really cool tactic, which I love in terms of getting buy-in, where he said, once you've developed what it is and you've explained it to people and they get it, test them and make sure it's in the DNA of the organization. Go around and ask people to repeat it. And if they do, give them $5 or give them some incentive. And it might, he said, it might cost you $1,000 or so to get that into everyone's head, but that'll be the best $1,000 you ever spend. Mm -hmm. Because now you've got alignment behind the whole team on, on a specific mission. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's strong. We rent condos. <laughs> yeah, we We're rent condos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except we, now, a lot of times, I, and this is could be a whole other episode, but I, when I say that to somebody, I say, well, what do you mean? Like, we rent Airbnbs. Oh, okay. I hate that, but it's just, <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. That's, yeah. the, that's the villain in my story right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so uh, here's the last little rapid-fire one. You are the editor for Donald Miller's book, Building a Brand mm. Story. What is one thing that you would have cut or tweaked about this book? Uh, Stuart, you go first this time. Alex, went first. Last um, time. His inaccurate portrayal of Star Wars, uh, that would probably be mine. So <laughs> that, was, that was me. I, I, he didn't say Jean-Luc Picard. No, no, no. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, I thought that was him, though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he jumped between, and he's right about the fact that Obi-Wan is the guide in A New Hope and in Empire and Return of the Jedi, right? But but Yoda's also the guide. So he, he kept flipping between Yoda and Obi-Wan, who are both play the guide role. But the mistake he made is at one point he said, you know, at the at the end, um, the guide celebrates with the, the hero. And at the end of, quote unquote, Star Wars, which what does that mean? Because there's not a movie called Star Wars. There's a series. Um, Obi-Wan was standing next to Luke and celebrating, which that, that never happened. As as Luke was rewarded is what he said. And so if he's talking about A New Hope, where he blow up the Death Star, Obi-Wan's not there celebrating with him. If he's talking about Return of the Jedi, Obi-Wan was off to the side, not standing next to him. So fundamental issue with, with his Star Wars analogy. That's This, this book is trash. Come on. <laughs> I, right? I can't believe you even went past that point. You take it so personally. <laughs> almost threw it in the in the trash, and, and the sad thing about it is, I was listening to it on audio on my phone, so I almost threw away my iPhone. Disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a good answer, <laughs> Alex. How about you? Uh, I, I really didn't. I didn't have any problems with the book per se. You know, I just I just wasn't really looking at it that way when I read it. But I, if anything, I would say he did. He had a lot of calls calls to action to go to his site and use use what the resources that are there and i guess when i went there and i didn't really see a whole lot i was it, it left me just kind of void I, I was expecting it was going to be a great site with a lot of helpful information and those different using the framework was going to be great but it really wasn't that exciting or anything that i didn't get already just from listening to the book so i would say he missed the mark on what he's telling people to go do because it's not as amazing as he maybe thinks it is <laughs> all right so Tough and, crowd here, right? <laughs> right, yeah. So. What about you, Pete? What was yours? Yeah. So I'd say that the, the one thing that I felt was, and this is not about his writing or what he was talking about specifically, but I felt like he 
was giving very tactical recommendations yeah. for websites and marketing. And he was talking to 2022 Pete. Yeah. And he's talking to me from 2000, uh, 2017. You know, yeah. So a lot of the specific tactics he was talking about were dated. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. I know I need to do that. Yes, we need to make sure the, mo- the website does this or that. So I think just from a, a book perspective, you know, if, if he wants to lead us to the website for that SB7 framework for those more tactical things where you can update them, but the fact that I'm listening to the book saying, hey, you, you need to make sure your website uses a, a pop-up to get an email address. Like, eh, right, yeah. You know, we've all kind of figured that out by this point. Yeah. That's where I felt like it was a little schizophrenic because there was a lot yeah. of strategic approach to marketing and the whole storytelling framework. But then like that last chapter literally was, build an email database and you can use MailChimp and you should set up a drip campaign. And it was like, well, this is not in, it doesn't fit with the rest of the tone of the book at all. Yeah, I agree with that. It's like a brain dump, but Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So there's, there's one little section where I'll go through this quickly. Uh, You guys have already gone first. So this, I'll go for this one. And this is how hoteliers or vacation rentals or just uh, destination marketers in general can put this into action. So, so my thought here is, is to get personal with your marketing and to knowing that you have the data. You know, you're collecting information about the user, how they act on the website, what their desires are, what's going to be their triggers. Put that into actual action. And I think you know, I've, we've talked about this for years, Stuart, but we never really have gotten it perfect. You know, a good example, and Stuart, hopefully you don't mind me sharing this, but you want to create it to where it's a true story. You know, so in, in our story, Stuart's family is battling with COVID. They come out the other side stronger and want to go somewhere that's not home for vacation. Stuart mm-hmm. has to hit a home run for his vacation that will save summer, and your property is clean, fun, and ready to accept him. You know, Wait, when you say save summer, are you saying my wife summer? <laughs> I, I didn't <laughs> think about that way. Yeah. The season summer. I'm you have sure. to sa- save the summer vacation season. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I think that's where we always miss the mark is mm-hmm. we try to say we're personalizing because we put a sub, uh, the first name in the subject line or the body, but we're not drilling down to that next level of true database of one that I think we should get to. And his book does talk a lot about creating that as a, you know, if you want to put the customer as the hero in the story, you probably should have the customer in the story. Yeah. Yeah, 100% agree. I, I think I think it's a good book. I would recommend anyone read it. And, and probably the vast majority of folks listening to, to go through the exercise, actually try to create your own brand story. Not necessarily to use it always, but, but to make you think about each of the steps. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get into the psychology of individual people. He gets into the tactics of calls to action. Like there's a lot of value there. I mean, I think it's, it's a boiled down version of probably 50 episodes of the podcast you've done right mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and probably not as in-depth as, as the podcast has done but i think there's a lot of value even if it's just a good reminder there's a lot of things to think about and and i think every marketer can can take something out of it and say yeah i could do that better even if you if you were doing it already so yeah yeah it was, like, it was a good reminder of a lot of just kind of fundamental things there wasn't anything that i have never heard before in this book but just, Other just a good Star reminder. Wars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Other than Star Wars, you hadn't. Other, heard oh yeah, I've never heard yeah. of that before. <laughs> a new thing, apparently. Yeah. All right. So, Alex, anything else that you would recommend a hotelier's put into action? Uh, 
I think we've kind of already covered them all, but I think, I mean, yeah. just really putting your, your customer at the, make them the hero, let them be the hero of the journey. You're just inching them along the way. Good. Awesome. Yeah. You talk about like how you leverage that too in a, in a, in a few ways, like one of the parts you talked about, which is again into the tactics, but I thought was, was more apt than some of the email stuff was just talking about like testimonials being a massive opportunity to sell yeah. new audiences and yeah i think that's something that hotels vastly underutilize is, yeah. is word of mouth whether that be in the form of a review or, or a testimonial i think that's still one of the most compelling ways to explain to someone in, in a third person voice that they should consider your product i agree with that and i think that's like the better way of doing what he talks about to not do that to not say we've been in business since 1985 and we were founded here and this and that whatever don't you're you you're doing that because you're trying to establish trust with your customers but establish the trust from the words of the people that know the brand or your hotel and that's your customers so i think by showing testimonials that's a great trust factor but put them on the checkout page actually we're in the process of redoing our website right now For sure. and that's one thing that we just talked about was putting testimonials in the footer when they're in that checkout mm -hmm. phase and you see that a lot on e regular e-commerce sites i mean that's that trust verification yeah well yeah. every step of the e-commerce phase you need to say what are the what are the questions they'll have or the doubts or the fears they'll have and how yeah. do i address yeah. those like so a checkout yeah. page yeah. is easy like put some testimonials to nudge them over put that this is secure put that you're you're protecting their data, like all the stuff that they're thinking about, make sure you're addressing proactively, even before in some cases they've even thought about the concern. So yeah, there's again, a lot of fundamental reminders in this, this book. So I would definitely give it, are we rating this on like a scale of thumbs up or something? Or? Yeah, we'll do a scale of one to five bedroom condo. Ooh. Okay. Oh, I, I, I we haven't, we haven't read any other books together yet, so it's hard to have to face this. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say, a th I mean, I feel bad, but a three and a half or a four. I mean, like, there wasn't yeah. anything wrong with it, but I don't think that it was the much. most amazing thing that I've read yeah. this month. But Yeah, I, I'll say a three bedroom, but one of those bedrooms is super nice. So it's yeah, almost a I agree with that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! Let's see what I can come up with. Uh, <laughs> I I kind of think that you're you're on the right thing. I'm gonna go with a with a four bedroom condo. It's not quite a five bedroom penthouse. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those rooms like a really tiny like you know couple of bunk beds in it. Uh, yeah, like I was gonna a, say it's uh, a yeah, bedroom it's, that it's has a like a trundle bunk or yeah, a, yes. a Murphy <laughs> bed. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and the reason I say four is while some of the information when I was reading it was dated from 2017. This is one of those books. It's a pretty quick read I, or listen. I think it was yeah. like three and a half, four hours, maybe. Yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't too long. I can see myself listening to this maybe on an annual basis or every once in a while just to say, oh, yeah, I forgot. That. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's pretty good there. So Nice. Yeah. So, yes, I guess that is going to be our, our ranking system. So what did you guys think of the, the book club? Is this something that we want to keep doing? Uh, yeah. Well, one, I think you should ask your audience that question. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed enjoy sure. this thoroughly, but they might think it stinks. So yeah. let's, let's well, put them at the center of the story. And okay. Ask, ask Let, let's, yeah, we're, we're just the guides. We'll That's see what true. We just, obviously, we're, we're not listening at all to the advice that we're giving and listening yeah, yeah. to ourselves. Well, this is live. So, I mean, I'm not, this is not live on you, on Facebook that I can say, okay, everybody, yeah. you know, click the like button. 
yeah. But, yeah. Uh, well, nice. Are, are we effective guides in their story? If we are, then I'm happy to do this again because it's, yeah. it's fun. Always enjoy right. talking to you guys. Well, we yeah. will have to come up with another book then. But uh, so before well, we, I've go, got a recommendation. I know what we could do. Okay. You've read it before as well, and I, I need to read it again. But um, Jay Bear's Utility. It's one of the most profound um, books that I've ever read in terms of impacting my philosophy to marketing. I have a really good one, and I thought that it just popped up when I went. That was the, uh, hold on. Oh, my gosh, what is it? It's the story of Ritz-Carlton from their oh, CEO. Yeah. It's a yeah, great, yeah. great book. Um, I'll send it to you, Pete. But. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, let's uh, ask the audience to submit their book choices. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so, and, and if anybody's a Star Wars fan out there and wants Alex to, to read Star Wars. Yes, yeah, we could uh, do that. Well, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> that could be a new bit, right? We pick a piece of the script that's nonsensical and have her read it. Yes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and I won't get any of the inside jokes. Oh, it's called it's called Excellence Wins by Horst Schulz, the Ritz Carlson CEO. Nice. That's a good one. Okay, yeah, yeah we'll check that one out as well. Well, perfect. Well, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll wrap everything up. Uh, Stuart, tell us a little bit about where we can find you and if you have anything exciting going on. Yeah, I mean, anywhere you find social media accounts, I'm usually at, at, at Stuart Butler. Um, if, if you want to shoot me an email, I'm stuart.butler at visitmodelbeach.com. Um, love to hear from listeners that, that um, I've talked to throughout the years. I actually got to hang out with a, a listener at a conference last, last week. I got to hang out with Terry, friend of the show Terry, and that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, we, we got a lot going on, man. I, I think the best advice I could give everyone is just visit Myrtle Beach as a destination. It's the greatest beach destination <laughs> in the world. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We've got a lot of new things going on. Did you know, for example, in July, we have a whole bunch of classical music performances in operas going on in Myrtle Beach. Who'd I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Performance of, of Carmen and a bunch of stuff. So. Just go over to visitmodelbeach.com, look at the calendar of events. We've got a lot going on. 2,000 restaurants, tons of attractions, 60 miles of beaches, a lot of crazy marketing that's going on. Alex has seen some of what we've got in the pipeline, and it's it's out there. And then yep. check out our YouTube channel if you want to see those commercials. Visit Model Beach YouTube channel. And I'll have links to that in the show notes as well. And Alex, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you or even book a place in Myrtle Beach, what would they do? I was going to say, I second all of Stuart's advice on coming to Myrtle Beach and just make sure you book your accommodations at condoworld.com. <laughs> get a very nice property. There will be no surprises. <laughs> yeah. Pro promo code Alex said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, so it, yeah, if you want to contact me, LinkedIn is probably the best bet. Alex Husner, H-U-S-N-E-R. Um, or visit condoworld.com and of course our podcast uh, alexanddannypodcast.com perfect hey Pete, from, do, you, do you still do B News? no I haven't oh, done any uh, oh, I have some B News <laughs> you have B News? yeah man <laughs> are you the B, B guy news? now? No, dude so I, I, I'd say 50% of my um media consumption at this point is YouTube. Like I, I go down these weird rabbit holes in YouTube, at either learning stuff about physics or weird history stuff or whatever. But my latest favorite thing on YouTube is watching apiarists remove beehives and relocate beehives. Like it's the most fun thing to watch. It's really therapeutic. There's a couple, there's one called Texas Bee Works, which is this, this 
lady that is in Texas that she'll go to people's houses and remove beehives. These people are crazy, man. They don't have any protective clothing. They're literally scooping bees with their bare hands and they're not getting stung. It's so weird. When you you see the people who do it like just day in and day out. It's It's wild. But but every episode is the exact same. And there's like three or four that I subscribe to now because I just love watching a bee removal and relocation. And it's, it's really satisfying. I don't know why it like clicks with my brain, but it's making me want to turn into Pete the Mayo and start my own beehive. Yeah. I, I do. I do it. miss the bee updates. Those were always fun parts of, of the yeah. show. <laughs> well, I, I have a little bit of the mead that I made from our hives. You left. still have some left? Yeah. It's, oh, it's horribly it's disgusting. Oh, it's horribly oh, disgusting. Oh, yeah. wow. Every time I drink, I think it, it, I think you're supposed to drink the, methyl alcohol mm-hmm. i think it made it more like ethyl oh, because no. every time i drank it, i'd immediately have headaches and just it was horrible yeah, so. oh going blind. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so started listening to bluegrass it was crazy uh, <laughs> that's an old uh distillery joke i guess yeah for sure. uh, anyway so hey if uh, if you guys want to find travel boom we're at travelboommarketing.com and linkedin also is the best place travel uh, linkedin.com slash company slash travel boom marketing you can find me personally at LinkedIn at Pete DeMeo. And then that's pretty much everything you need to know. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this first edition of the Travel Boom Book Club. And we'll be back next week with more hotel news, tips, and tricks to make you a better hotelier. With that, Travel Boom is out. Good job, pizza mail. Awesome. <laughs> That's right, pizza mail. I forgot about that. Nope. <laughs> Ed, Ed'll, Ed'll never make sure I never forget that, though.